Good morning. It's Thursday, and on Thursdays at CityCast Houston, we talk about the things that make Houston, Houston. Lead producer Dina Kesba and producer Farrell Gibbs are joining me today to talk about the Galleria. It is the biggest mall in Texas, and y'all, it is so much more. It's Thursday, April 14th, 2022. I'm Lisa Gray, and this is CityCast Houston. Farrell, Dina, let's talk about the Galleria. Yes. Awesome. You know, all of this was kind of spawned. You know, the other day we were planning for the post-Houston conversation that, that you had. And then during that episode, you called post-Houston the Galleria f- for our modern era. And so that, that, there's the big question. What's the difference between post and the Galleria? Yeah, well, okay, let's start by what the same is. So... When the Galleria opened, 1969, 1970, it was just this astounding thing that upended, you know, shopping malls across the country. In the middle 60s, you know, this piece of land was nothing much. The freeway didn't open until like 62, you know, that Loop 610, 59 interchange. So what happened? This great developer, Gerald Hines, um, who'd been doing warehouses and office, little office buildings, not big stuff. And he just had this vision. This is where a major luxury thing should be. (laughs) And he started acquiring land and just putting this big deal together. And, you know, he bet his entire company on it. Other people in the company said he was being like a riverboat gambler. Um, He got hooked up with Neiman Marcus, which is like the famous definition of urban luxury brands. And he cut a deal so that Neiman Marcus would come in with them. And Neiman Marcus brought in their own architect that they'd already been working with, a guy named Joe, G-Y-O Obata, who, you know, he's this very minimal, beautiful, modernist architect, young guy. And he and Jerry Hines started traveling around Europe looking at places. They started traveling around the U.S. looking at other malls. And they came up with this wild idea that they wanted something that felt like this European gathering space. It was like the the Galleria Vittorio Emmanuel II, right? That's what really inspired them. That's the one that, that I understood that they really wanted it to be modeled after, the one in Milan. And like the photos look so alike. They took a couple of things from it, definitely. So that one in Milan is like this intersection of two streets. You've got these, you know, beautiful old Italian buildings. You know, they're, they're like three, four stories high, and then over them you've got this glorious, like, glass roof with iron, you know, it looks like a Victorian greenhouse. That doesn't sound anything like Houston. (laughs) Yeah. Gerald Hines thought, okay, I want to, like, extract as much money from this expensive land as I can. So he had this idea to do what's called a mixed-use development, which was really out of fashion in the 60s and 70s. And so he's going to agglomerate a hotel plus a mall um, plus a skating rink and an office building. And he wanted it to be super luxurious, you know, this kind of place that he saw it as a new downtown. It pretty soon started backing up traffic on the freeway, which 
you know, hello and welcome to Houston. And this is like the largest mall in Texas, right? The it is now. Yeah. It is now, and it's this, like tourist attraction mm. for Houston. It brings in people from other countries who stay to shop. All for luxury stuff? <laughs> uh, if you're traveling, probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're not going to get a hotel room if you're, you know, there to buy $4 bargain basements shoes. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> But anyway, that is the story of the Galleria, and I think it has just like shaped how Houston thinks of development ever since. You know, we we think about building these walkable developments that are completely air conditioned and contained. Yeah, I mean, because in the summer when it's so hot, all you're looking for is to go indoors where there's air conditioned things to do. You're not looking to do a lot of things outdoors, <laughs> that's for sure. Right, right. And the idea of an ice skating rink in summer in Houston is just... You know, I just like thinking about ice mm -hmm. in August. Did you grow up going to the Galleria, Dina? Yeah, I did. We used to go um, actually for Eid, part of our like holiday tradition. My family would gather all their family friends and their kids, and they would take them to the Galleria for ice skating. And that was something we did almost like every single year. Now, back then, there was the Rainforest Cafe right there, right across from the oh, God. <laughs> skating rink, uh -huh. which doesn't yeah. exist anymore. <laughs> What, it's like what a was cafe it? that you enter and it literally looks like you're going into a jungle. There's like these... It has animatronic Everywhere, animals. yes. Cool. And there's like you trees know. and... Literally looks like a jungle. <laughs> it's like, okay, if you think of the Galleria as a giant multi-use space station, here is your animatronic jungle. It's yeah. the most totally artificial thing ever. <laughs> and adults should never go in. Facts. <laughs> but for oh, some I'm reason, right kids, kids loved it. We loved yeah. it. We, we loved it as kids. We were always right. so excited to go. And that was the tradition. It was ice skating and Rainforest Cafe. I mean, ice skating is still there. I feel like it's still yeah. just as popular. But there, there's a, that loss of, like, where do the kids go? You know? Rainforest Cafe isn't there yeah. anymore. It's like, where <laughs> do you take your kids? <laughs> yeah. Do they still have the Build-A-Bear workshop? They do. That was the place my kids made me yes, go. Yes, they still have that there, at least. <laughs> yeah. wonder how long that'll last. <laughs> I feel like the evolution of the Galleria from when I was younger to now it has gotten so much more luxurious and like a lot more high end and high high brands and all of that way more than when I was like a kid I mean the Galleria has always been like brand central but I feel like it's, it hasn't been mm -hmm. to the scale now it's okay. definitely like I feel like their target audience is maybe the tourist to try to get them to come in and buy these very expensive luxury pieces but yeah. You know, and it was also wasn't as big. Now there's like different phases, different like corners of the gallery that opened up that are brand new. Like where Ted Baker is, that that side of the mall, I think it's closer to where Saks Fifth Avenue is. On that whole side, that's whole brand new. It's like a whole other wing. Yeah, I mean, the Galleria <laughs> just it kept expanding yeah. pretty much from the time it opened. You know, they added another hotel, and then they add Galleria 2 and 3. You know, they just keep adding on. I'm just Galleria like, Roman numeral. Yeah. You know. On the outside, I yeah. would always wonder where is the space coming from? Because when you go inside, it's like, how did you get like this other wing of the Galleria? Like, where was this land? Was it always just there? Because <laughs> <laughs> on the outside, you're like, where's the open space? <laughs> it seems like everything yeah. is full. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the the luxurious nature of it is is not their actual business plan like yesterday I went to Guitar Center for a harmonica and they had you know harmonicas come in 
all kinds of different keys. They only had one harmonica and one key. And I had, I mean, I had to go elsewhere. And I think the reason why that's happening is because you can get a harmonica delivered same day Amazon. You can get a guitar delivered probably in two days, Amazon, right, with return policy. So how do you keep people from buying their products from Amazon? But if you're the Galleria and you have products that won't ship, you know, that are like the only of its kind in, in the world, um, then you have an audience or a customer base that will actually come to that location and continue to spend. What do you think? You think? Well, okay. So most of the stuff the Galleria sells, you could buy somewhere else. You know, you can get that Louis Vuitton purse elsewhere, but it's the experience. And that's always been kind of the Galleria's thing is you're having this luxury shopping experience. You can try the clothes on. You get to browse actual physical objects. So you get to look at people. You know, if you are a dedicated shopper, this sounds attractive. I'm not a dedicated shopper. I think, oh, my God, how many shirts could I possibly look at? <laughs> um, and how much but, can you walk? Because it's just, it's so big. <laughs> so it requires a lot of walking <laughs> from different wings <laughs> and different sides. <laughs> like, yeah. it's not a little tiny memorial mall. Well, I, I feel, even though memorial is not that small, but, you know, compared to the Galleria, Memorial, you feel like it's easy in and out. You can get in real quick right. and leave. With the Galleria, you can't. You have to strategically yeah. like park wherever you actually want to go in so that you're not walking so much and passing by all I mean, these stores. This is part of the reason why the Galleria has survived and thrived while those smaller, middle-sized malls are dying out. You know, yeah. it's not a place you pop in for a quick errand mm -hmm. where you might get something you could order on Amazon. It's a destination. You are going you know, for hours. You're not necessarily going just to one shop. You're going to the Galleria. Mm -hmm. And the restaurant experience is different. It's not just, you don't just have a food court. You also have so many actual dine-in restaurants around and some that connect to the Galleria. Like I think Cheesecake Factory connects to it. You know, you got like raw sushi in there. You got so right. many. You got some of the city's like top restaurants yeah. in there. Yeah. I think even just... Yeah. Like outside of the Galleria grounds, it's developed so much. Like Highland Village also is not oh. at all what it was. It was like almost right. non-existent when I was a kid. <laughs> but like, let's talk about Uptown. You know, what What I'm not supposed to call the Galleria area. Like Uptown Houston is like the downtown that the Galleria spawned. Yeah. You've got all these high rises. You've got all this yeah. residential and office stuff that is out there now. And it's... It's like another downtown. It was one of the first of the sort of mini downtowns outside of Houston's real downtown. Um, you know, if you look at Houston, we've got all these weird skylines, these separate things that author Joel Garreau calls them edge cities, where you have all these things happening that used to happen in a normal downtown. You have people living there and shopping there and working there. And the Galleria was really, I think the first that was really like that in Houston. Yeah, okay, you mentioned this earlier yeah. in Milan, I guess. You're talking about people would actually live in the Galleria? You could tack a high-rise on above it. I don't think they would do that now because Uptown has so many high-rise apartment buildings, and they've got these cool little circulator buses, and it's entirely possible to live your entire life in Uptown right now. You know, they've got a Whole Foods, not in the Galleria, mm -hmm. but they've got... A lot of the stuff that you need 
to, you know, your work, your play, your office is all right there, really close. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's like, if you had a place where people could live full time, actually attached to the Galleria, I worry that you would get these mole people, you know, these people who like live their entire <laughs> lives without ever leaving the air conditioning, without ever seeing direct sunlight. Oh my God. Do you think that would be successful? Like they could actually get people to live above the Galleria if they were to follow that plan? Oh. Think about the really serious shoppers, you know, the fashionistas. Is it bad that I don't know any? Do y'all know any? <laughs> I don't know people. I don't know anyone that's like a crazy avid shopper. <laughs> I do know some of them, but, and they have, Galleria appetites, but they have TJ Maxx pocketbooks, if that makes sense. One of the things yeah. I did love growing up about um, about going to the Galleria is they had this little, the little La Madeleine inside there. And so you could mm -hmm. sit on their little balcony, like people watch, watch people yeah. as they're ice skating. And so far that still exists. So I really hope it doesn't go anywhere because, <laughs> I mean, they took away yeah. the Rainforest Cafe. Fine. I guess we outgrew it. But I hope they don't take away the Dina, I swear to you, as an adult, you don't want to go to the <laughs> Forest Cafe. You know, I don't even remember yeah. if it tasted good. I don't, I just, my childhood it memory doesn't. is like, it's let me rush to assure you. <laughs> Any place with an animatronic giraffe does not serve good food. I guess that's true. <laughs> that's yeah. Going back to your question at the beginning, Farrell, about post Houston, we were talking about how. It does feel like this place where Houston gathers. And the Galleria aspires to be that. I do think it's like upper middle class and seriously wealthy people. It's not just Houston anymore. It's bringing in people from, you know, other countries often. Definitely around the U.S. too. And that is kind of a machine to sell you things, you know. And I think that's something post-Houston, you know, shares with the Galleria. Okay, so we've come full circle on the question I asked at the beginning. So that's what they share. That's how they're alike. Post Houston also wants to be this, you know, similar multi-use development with offices and all these other things. It's another of these places that is a destination you drive to. You know, you're not just going to... A few people will cross the street from their jobs downtown. At least it's more possible you know, to do that than it was at the Galleria when the Galleria opened. But, you know, it's this funny thing about Houston where so much of our social life is in these private spaces. So what do y'all think the future of the Galleria will be? I, I really don't think they're done, you know? I feel like yeah. there's still more to add. You know, like Shake Shack never existed there. That's, that was something new that just came like a few years ago. You know, I feel like that's just yeah. a little hint of even if it's not necessarily coming inside of the Galleria, it shares that same wall with the Galleria. And I feel like they're just going to keep adding to it. I mean, they're always going to rotate sc the stores, right? There will sure. always be some new thing that people want to buy. Yeah. I mean, for a short period, we had Topshop and that was the only Topshop in Houston that you could go to physically and buy stuff in person. And now we don't, which sucks. But who knows what comes next? Yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all. This was fun. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa. You almost made me want to go to the Galleria. 
that was Dina Kesba and Farrell Gibbs. All right, Farrell, what else is going on around town today? Thank you, Lisa. Well, Ben Wormand, who we had on the show last week, he was the one that broke down Senator Ted Cruz for us. Covered the big story yesterday for the Houston Chronicle. Governor Greg Abbott busing a group of immigrants to Washington, D.C., and that bus dropped them off at a building that serves as offices for Fox News and other outlets. It's about three blocks north of the Capitol. The people bussed in were wearing wristbands, and after a quick check with the officials there, they were relieved of those wristbands and were told that they could go. It was, as Ben Warman reported, a response to the Biden administration ceasing a public health order that had previously been used to block asylum at the border. According to the governor's office, there is now a second bus en route to Washington, even as we speak. That's it for our show today. We are working on an upcoming show about angels in Houston. This is the opposite of a gripe. I want you to tell us about a human being who made your life or someone else's life in Houston way better. Maybe it's a big way. Maybe it's a small way. Whatever it is, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Call our number, 713-489-6972. Say your name and briefly tell your story. We'll have the number in our show notes. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Oh, God. Y'all, I was so glad when my kids got too old to be invited to Build-A-Bear birthday parties. (laughs) You know.